Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah, we have with us uh, today, uh, honestly, two of the most beloved people, mashallah, aside from Sheikh Abdullah, who's always beloved, mashallah, but two of the most beloved people to me personally, alhamdulillah. Um, Sheikh Suleiman Hani, Sheikh Mustafa Omar, alhamdulillah. We are blessed, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm actually excited, um, because this is a juz that is rich with, with gems, alhamdulillah, and inshallah ta'ala, both of you uh, are going to be able to elaborate on the Qur'an beautifully, uh, as Shaykh Abdullah always will be in this particular juz, and pull out some of the traits um, of the believers within the ta'ala. But before that, um, Shaykh Mustafa Omar, you wouldn't know it from his background. He lives in California. You don't look like you don't look like California right now. You know, here in California, you're supposed to have like sun and trees and water. It's actually raining right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mashallah. Wow. Mashallah. Well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh Suleiman, you wouldn't know it, but is in Detroit, right? In Detroit, Alhamdulillah. We actually just got snow randomly like an hour ago, and then it stopped. I have no idea what's going on, but Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Allah bless you and allow the descent uh, of, of all of this to be a source of barakah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So, uh, you know, in the beginning, we usually do a little bit of just lighthearted stuff. And I want to make this clear. We do that to give people a chance to log on, obviously, when people are coming on, inshallah. And also humanizes us a bit. But Shaykh Abdullah, um, you know, my, my son, Abdullah, uh, today's joke is him. He actually told me to say this joke. Okay. So... Whether you all like it or not, you have to like it. It's not for me. It's from my 10-year-old son, Abdullah. All right? So it's from Abdullah to Sheikh Abdullah. Okay? Okay. So, uh, he simply wanted to tell you that um, a snake finds your jokes hysterical. That's what he wanted to say. So Abdullah. Abdullah Suleiman. Pretty good, right? So just, just give Abdullah a thumbs up. All right. Thumbs up, Abdullahi. Good job, Abdullahi. I like it. You win, alhamdulillah. I thought it was really clever and intelligent. So I said, Baba, you got to use this one. I said, I got you. So we'll use this one. That was But obviously, you know, we're thinking about, you know, this time together, alhamdulillah. I also wanted to just kind of reflect briefly before we get started, inshallah. Uh, there's a specific barakah and a blessing to when we, we get together to remember the Quran, to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through pondering on the Quran. And I think that there's something very powerful and beautiful. So I hope, inshallah, ta'ala, that the beginning of this, where we kind of were just, uh, inshallah, introducing our guests and, and bonding, that you see the beauty of it, that we really enjoy, alhamdulillah, each other's company and, and we enjoy pondering on the Quran. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us uh, with the Book of Allah and elevate us with the Book of Allah. Allahumma ameen. And inshallah ta'ala, with that, we will go ahead and get started uh, today, bidnillah. So, bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu salam, wa wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So, I'm actually going to keep it brief because I really want to hear what all of the mashayikh have to say, inshallah ta'ala, uh, in this regard. But I want to connect, you know, something from the previous juz to this juz, and really these last three surahs. So, when you're going through an an'am, al-araf, al-anfad, uh, there's a very powerful connection between how the world is interacting with you and then how you're interacting with the world while having something inside of you that deeply connects you to Allah that other people cannot access or understand. So just going back um, in verse 10 of Al-An'am, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَقَدْ اسْتُهْزِئَ بِرُسُلٍ مِّنْ قَبْلِكَ 
فحاق بالذين سخروا منهم ما كانوا به يستهزئون that before you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, many times there were messengers who were mocked, they were scoffed at. But at the same time, uh, those who mocked them met the mockery that they put forth in this world. So basically, what goes around comes around. They will be compensated for their mockery, and you will be compensated for your patience, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. And so stay the course. You have to understand that that noise that you're hearing from the outside right now, that noise of mockery, you're not the first one to hear it, Ya Rasulullah. But in order to be able to tune out that noise, you have to be in tune with something else inside of you. And subhanAllah, look at this transition to the next surah. So that's chapter 6. We now go to chapter 7, verse 205. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so this is so powerful because you can literally break down every verse of, or every word of this verse. Remember your Lord to yourself. Make sure that you're not paying attention to the mockery on the outside, but you are making frequent mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside of yourself. With humility and with fear. Tadarru'a is a sense of awe that you have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it is dominating you on the inside. And it is it is a sense of preoccupation with the Lord that allows you to be almost distracted from everything else around you. And khifa is with fear. So don't fear the consequences of their mockery. Fear instead the consequences of not living up to the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us as believers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min al-qawl. And without raising your voice, uh, as Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, uh, You're not making du'a to someone who, uh, who's unable to hear you or who is absent. And remember him in the morning and in the evening. And don't be like those who are heedless. Don't be like those who are heedless. So subhanAllah, tune out the noise on the outside. Amplify the noise on the inside or that deep meditation upon what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to you. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says right after that, That verily those who are near to your Lord, they turn away from, they turn away from, or, or they, I'm sorry, they never turn away from, uh, you know, serving their Lord, worshiping their Lord. They constantly glorify Him and they are in a state of prostration. Who are those Those that are near to your Lord? Most of the say this is referring to the angels. So you want to be like the angels and ignore the fools. You want to be like the angels and ignore the fools. And finally, subhanAllah, as we come into this next uh, surah, which inshallah ta'ala, I know Sheikh Mustafa is going to be uh, deeply pondering upon. That the true believers are those who when Allah's name is mentioned, their hearts quake. And when the verses of Allah are recited upon them, their iman grows, their faith grows, and they put their trust in their Lord. Look at the connection with all of these ayat. So you are able to tune out the noise on the outside because you know both the worth of that noise and the value of those that are making the noise on the outside. And you're focused instead on that which is inside of you and remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside of you and worshiping Allah and being in tune with that message, remembering it within your heart, remembering it within your mind, remembering it with your dhikr. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that the 
effect of that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is then mentioned to these people, like when they hear the name of Allah, you can see it on them. You know, someone who loves Allah, someone who loves the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Allah and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are mentioned, there is a change. There is an, an immediate awe that overtakes them that lends itself to a great sense of humility that is clearly being generated on the inside consistently away from the noise and independent of the circumstances. And inshallah ta'ala, with that, I'll hand it off to Sheikh Mustafa to do a deeper dive into these ayat. Father Sheikh Mustafa. All right. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. So from Surah Al-Anfal, uh, which is the you know, eighth chapter of the Quran, it's, it starts out, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the beginning, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, they ask you regarding the spoils of war. Say that the spoils are for Allah and His Messenger. Now we need to look at that a little bit. You know, what, what does that mean? So when it says they ask you, you referring to the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. So they're asking about the spoils of war. And spoils of war, sometimes called booty is uh, what's left on the battlefield after a war takes place. And this is what the surah is named after. It's named after the spoils, anfal. So it's important to look at the context here and say, you know, this is referring to the Battle of Badr. So the Battle of Badr was the first battle that actually took place in the history of Islam. Uh, the Muslims lived in Mecca for 13 years. They were being persecuted. Afterwards, they migrated to the city of Medina and they have their own state now. They built their own army now for the first time. And they were in a state of Cold War uh, with the Quraysh. And about over a year, about a year and a half later, a battle breaks out. And this is the Battle of Badr. And after the Battle of Badr is done, there was spoils of war left. You know, historians say there's about like 115 camels, 14 horses, some armor, some carpets, some leather, some other stuff. So how are we going to distribute these spoils? This is what they're asking. They're saying they're asking you about the spoils. You know, what's what's fair? What's the correct distribution of these spoils? You know, historically, you know, oftentimes the commander would usually get like the first pick. He'd get like, you know, a fourth, you know, quarter of the spoils or whatever. Sometimes it's first come, first serve. There's stuff left on the battlefield. Whoever was fighting gets it first. But the issue that arose among the Muslims was, well, how are we going to distribute this? Because... The people who are defending the camp, they also deserve a share, right? Because it's not just the people who were on the offense that who were, you know, uh, you know, fighting off the people in the front. The people who were also defending, they should get a share too. It's like it's like basketball, you know, or soccer, you know. Though it's not just the people who are making the scoring the goals or you know making the shots and getting the points. The whole team gets credit. It's not just like the defense or the center or something like that. They, they don't get credit too. So the response to the question. From Allah was It was like a mild rebuke. Say, say that the spoils of war are for Allah and His Messenger, meaning they're going to decide what's going to happen. This is not going to be a vote. We don't need your opinion on this. And it's also implying that you know what? Don't be greedy. Don't try and say like you know what the people who were there and who picked it up first, first come first serve. You know whatever we get, that's what's going to happen. That that wouldn't be a fair distribution. And then Allah says. Fattakullah, be mindful of Allah, be conscious of Allah, have taqwa, meaning like fear Allah, by not making this into a big issue. Don't start arguing over, you know what, I should get this share or I should get that share. 
don't be running after the dunya. Don't be running after the things of this world. And settle the issue between you, right? Because this is for the community. The, the community, you can't have Muslims fighting with other Muslims and saying, you know, this is not fair and you took this much and I deserve more. The community is extremely important. It needs to be protected. And obey Allah and his messenger, right? This is a, a general principle. That you got to follow Allah, you got to follow the messenger when they tell you to do something, you don't criticize it, you don't question it, you, you know, you're not going to be consulted on this one, this is the principle, you follow it, right? And it's it's really interesting, this principle is, you know, interesting because every time you see the obedience of Allah, obedience to Allah in the Quran, you will not find a single verse that mentions obedience of Allah without mentioning obedience to the messenger of Allah. But the vice versa actually exists, right? And the reason why is because obedience of Allah cannot happen except through the messenger of Allah. You know, so for some people who are really, you know, doubtful about hadith and sunnah, and they're like Quran only or whatever. That's an interesting point to reflect upon in the Quran. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you are true believers. So basically... Allah has said, he's making this rebuke, he's making a little bit of a criticism and saying, these are the characteristics that you need to have if you're true believers. And without even realizing it, we already have three qualities. Quality number one, quality of a believer is to have taqwa, you know, to be mindful of Allah, to be conscious of Allah, to be on guard and aware. Number two, settle the issues between yourselves. A problem happens between your brother, between your sister or something like that. Solve the issue. Don't let it linger. Don't let it go on and not talk to each other. You know, we're taught in Islam, the first person to say salam, uh, say, say assalamu alaikum when there's some conflict or whatever, that's the better person. So try to try to go and rectify things as if you can, to the extent that you can. And number three, submit. Surrender yourself. The Quran and Sunnah, Allah and His Messenger. When they say something, you follow it. And then it continues. The true believers are only those whose hearts tremble or they quake at the remembrance of Allah. This idea of your heart quaking with awe at the grandness, the, the, the glory of Allah is something that is, is a true characteristic of a believer. It's like when you stand in front of like some massive monument or like a pyramid and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Right. Or you see a picture of like all the stars, you know, the, you know, the Milky Way, just our galaxy has 100 billion stars. And there's over 100 billion galaxies out there that, that we're even able to, to tell. Right. So you look at that and you're like, wow, like the numbers are just amazing. There's like 200 sextillion stars in the universe. That's a, a number with 21 zeros. Like that's amazing. Right. You go, wow. But Allah is the creator of that. Allah is Al-Aziz. He's the mighty. Allah is the Hakim. He's the wise. He's the one who made all of this. And these attributes of Allah, when you reflect upon them, when you understand who Allah is, it makes you shake, quake. If It, it should. If, if your faith is firm and true, that's what's going to happen. And when the uh, revelations are recited to them, their faith increases. So whenever a fresh revelation comes down, you know, at that time, or uh, verses are being reminded to you, it reminds you about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you. And they put their trust in their Lord. So these are another three characteristics of the believers because meaning they put their trust in Allah, everything's going to be okay. Allah has a plan. 
things are going to be okay in general, it's going to be fine. And the next verse, الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Those who fulfill their prayers and those who spend from what we provide. So prayer and charity. These are the eight qualities of the believers that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the beginning of this surah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those true believers. The surah, the main surah in this juz, Surah Al-Anfal, is a very strong surah in terms of actions, in terms of commands, but it also requires a lot of historical uh, context. But the thing I want to focus on, inshallah ta'ala, is that this juz and Surah Al-Anfal in particular provides for us an insight into the worldview of the early Muslims, into what affected them, what impacted them, what shaped them. They followed this revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they saw the divine aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming down and changing their lives, changing the world around them. But it took immense work. It was not an easy thing. They had to strive, they had to sacrifice, they had to struggle. Now, I want to build on what Sheikh Mustafa said, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. The early verses here, the first verses of Surah Al-Anfal, establish some of the traits uh, that the believers need for their worldview as well as for that divine aid to come down. And one of the things I want to focus on is the categories of uh, al-nida or the calls in the Qur'an. You find an address like, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu or Ya ayyuhannabi. You find, and Ya ayyuhannas and others, you find these throughout the Qur'an different uh, contexts. And many times we emphasize and we hear, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, 89 times in the Qur'an. O believers, and there's an emphasis for you to pay very close attention because these categories of calls in the Quran can impact your worldview if you pay attention. What does this mean? Abdullah bin Mas'ud, it was reported from Imam Ahmad. Uh, there's a chain of narration, uh, issue in this hadith, but some scholars say it is authentic enough to take from it. He says, If you hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, O you who believe, then listen very attentively. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell you about something that is good for you. So this is for your own success, your own well-being. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell you about something evil so that you may stay away from it, something that is prohibited. And just to give you some context, we mentioned Ya ayyuhalladheena amnu is 89 times uh, throughout the Quran. You find a lot of different references to it. And Surah Al-Anfal uh, is not that significant in terms of the number of verses. It's about 1% of the entire Qur'an in terms of the ayat. But Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu is so frequent in the surah, it's almost 7% of the references in the entire Qur'an. In other words, it shows us in this context of a very difficult situation that they were going through, the Battle of Badr, amongst other things referenced in the surah, how important it is to pay very close attention when you hear Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu when you hear the Qur'an, when you recite the Qur'an, when you hear an, a narration from the Prophet And in addition to this, Ya ayyuhan Nabi, O Prophet, is mentioned several times in this surah, three times, and in the entire Qur'an, 13 times. So 23% of all references to Ya ayyuhan Nabi are in Surah Al-Anfal, and almost a quarter of the entire references are in Surah Al-Ahzab. Both of these are very difficult historical situations, very difficult human experiences. So what is the lesson here for us? This speaks to the development of the believer. And this is what we take from the early believer, believers as well. 
that their uh, development, their tarbiyah was divine. It was coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, today, people are willing at times uh, when there isn't a foundation for a worldview, they're willing to pay thousands of dollars for different types of self-development programs and books and classes. And some of these may be beneficial, uh, but oftentimes all of that is pursued and a lot of money is spent on it and people ignore the things that they need from the one who created them. So pay very close attention. What are some examples? You find in Surah Al-Anfal, Ya Allaha wa Rasulah. Obey Allah and His Messenger. This was mentioned before, uh, Sheikh Mustafa Jazakallah Khiran. Do not turn away while you're hearing his call. Don't be like those who say, we hear, but they're not in fact listening. We hear the Quran often. We hear lectures. We hear a lot of, alhamdulillah, we have so many resources today. Look at the maybe 20 or 30 amazing uh, Ramadan series that came out just this year and last year as well. So we have access to so much in terms of hearing, but are we listening? Fast forward, Ya Yuhladina Amanu O believers, Stajibu Lillahi Walir Rasuli Ida Daakum Lima Yuhikum. Respond to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, respond to that which gives you life. This is the thing that gives you life. This is the thing that shapes your worldview. And it gives you the spiritual life here, and it gives you that tranquility and fulfillment, and it gives you, of course, an eternal life in paradise. May Allah grant us that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions for uh, the early believers to remember Remember when you were vastly outnumbered, you were oppressed in the land. Remember the battle of Badr as well. Constantly in fear by attacks from your enemy. And then Allah sheltered you and he strengthened you with his help. So you have divine aid because of your trust in Allah. You have resilience as a trait of the early believers and something we hope to implement in our lives. And Allah will provide for you. Allah will take care of you. Whatever situation you're going through. And look at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, once again, Ya amnu. Here's another call. O believers. If you have taqwa of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you a criterion. Furqan. Something that helps you distinguish good from evil truth from falsehood. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what kind of people you interact with, no matter what ideological changes impact your society, no matter how secularized the world becomes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you a, a benefit of your taqwa and responding to the call of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you something that shapes your worldview and it protects you and it saves you. And in addition, Allah promises he will forgive you. So Al-Furqan here, referring to the Qur'an, Furqan referring to Yawm Al-Furqan, the, the battle of Badr, the day in which truth was distinguished from evil. And of course, you have Furqan uh, generally here as uh, that which uh, distinguishes truth from uh, falsehood. And remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us examples like in the previous surah in this juz. Indeed, my protector is Allah who has revealed this book, the Qur'an, for he alone protects the righteous. So when you connect to the Qur'an and you're mindful, you're attentive, you pay attention, you make it a part of your life, that it's not a side goal. It's not a small task in life. You're just going to read Qur'an as you're multitasking and not paying attention. Qur'an is, is, your, is your safety. It is your salvation. It is your light. Allah is the one who strengthened you with his help and with the means of the faithful. So to conclude, the principles we can take from this juz uh, in terms of divine uh, tarbiyah, the three principles I want to mention. The first, pay attention to every command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and especially, O oh believers, especially, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu. 
Number two, pay attention to the Qur'an as a means of impacting your moral compass. Pay attention to the Qur'an as a means of impacting your moral compass. It's one component of your worldview, and it is a crucial one for success. And the third one is to pay attention to the emphasis on the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His aid, His victory, and the promises in the Qur'an as a means of increasing your trust in Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who said, So just remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He's with you because you're with Him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to help you to stand firm. So remember, Allah is with you, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are attentive and respond to His calls. Allahumma ameen. Sheikh he mentioned standing firm and paying attention. Uh, and this is very important in regards to the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every story that he gives us is a meaning behind it. You see, the life has meaning, and Islam is the ultimate fulfillment of that. That's why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, I've not created the spirits of jinn and mankind except that they worship me. That is the purpose of life, the macro purpose, if you will. And whatever we do within the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fulfilling and living up to that purpose, inshallah ta'ala. But there were once people, and there were people throughout the times of all the prophets that didn't live that purpose. They didn't live their, they didn't live their full potential. They didn't follow the prophets alayhi salam. And that's what I want to capitalize on in the particular in the chapter of Al-A'raf verses 94 through 99, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about those nations that perished and talks about the attitudes of those that were within the inhabitants of those nations, which should ultimately lead to, lead to you thinking about what mentality am I taking on? Am I taking on the characteristics of these people or the characteristics of the latter? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, in, in verse number 94, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off here with saying that we have not sent any prophet to a place without trying its people with adversity and hardship. But For what reason? Perhaps they may humble themselves. So firstly, this is one rule here that scholars say is a qaida that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Sends the prophets, and with these prophets, you notice how he says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِي قَرْيَةٍ مِنْ نَبِيٍ He says that I have not sent, uh, I have not sent to any nation from any prophet, meaning that all the prophets, as the scholars mentioned, all of the prophets were sent to a nation, and they faced adversity from the from the nation of people, denied them, denied all the prophets. That some would say, except Yunus salam, because they believed at the very end once they saw the Basa, they saw the the encounter, the encounter, the the problems in front of them. But other than that, the other prophets, the nation basically denied them of their denied their message. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and but some scholars say is jur, is like famine and lack, lack of food, and darra is like harb and marad. That darra is more of like sicknesses and war. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning for that, all of that is for the reason for them to be humble and humble themselves, accepting the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions after that, he says, Then, 
Then we changed or replaced the adversity into ease for different types of people, for the same nation of people. After the marar al-waqt, the, the time persists on, he changed that, that adversity to ease, to where the people are living lavishly now. But before, centuries before, years before, we talked about our forefathers and it was rough for them. Allah says here that we changed the adversity into ease until they thrived and they said, Our forefathers had also seen both adversity and prosperity. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we seized them suddenly and they didn't even perceive it. Now, the statement of these people is a statement of people that just said, yeah, that happened to our forefathers before. Allah is mentioning this because it is a statement of people that really are not finding meaning behind the signs of Allah. You know, we as Muslims, we believe that everything is an ayah. And we've talked about this before. Particularly when you see perished nations, one should ask why? What was the reason behind it? But in Islam, the Quranic worldview, when we see a perished nation, we know ultimately it was because of the denial of the message that came to them from the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that these people are just saying, yeah, that happened to our forefathers before. Not taking any ibar, not taking any lessons to where it can further impact their lives to where they can change by ultimately fulfilling the purpose of their life by following the prophets alayhi musa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues on, particularly when he says here, subhanAllah, in, in, in two verses after that, where he says, وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَىٰ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتِ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ بَرَكَاتِ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبُوا فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, had the people of those towns, the Qur'a, the nations, believed and been God-fearing, we would certainly have opened up to them the blessings from the heavens and the earth, but they gave the but they gave the lie. They lied, and so we seized them for their deeds. So here, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying this is what they call lowest sharqiyah. It's a condition. Basically, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying if they were to have believed and to have feared Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, meaning here, amanu having the belief and also having the taqwa of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And this is interesting here as well because Subhanallah. As the Prophet ﷺ said here earlier when in regards to when the punishment comes, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changes the good to the evil, the Prophet ﷺ said, Ajabin li amr mu'min. Inna amrahu kullahu lahu khair. illa li mu'min. The Prophet ﷺ said, I am amazed by the affair of the believer that everything is good for him. And it's this not this is not except for the believer. In in asabatu sarra shakar, When asabatu darra sabar, the Prophet, he said, if good was to befall him, then he is thankful and that's better for him. And if evil was to befall him, then he is patient and that is better for him. So with the Muslim, they are not cursing anyone or anything. When these things happen, they understand that it is the, the affair of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they take the lessons behind it. They are patient and they are thankful. And subhanAllah, this is the affair of the Muslim particularly when they see the situation of what's going on with these Paris nations, they know that it's for a divine wisdom and they don't curse the dahar. They don't curse the time. They don't say time just passed by. They look at it and they let it affect their hearts. As was mentioned, when the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, their hearts tremble. When we see what has happened to previous nations, our hearts tremble because we know firstly it's the word of Allah and he's telling us something divine from the past that we may never have known the reality of it. 
You see, when we hear about history, we learn about history, we learn about history, but Allah brings you the reality of it to the degree what they said at that time. Just think about that. What did they say at that time of affliction from this historical event? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you that. And then on top of that, what is the proper reaction in, in accordingly? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after that, he says in, 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 in two beautiful verses, and I'll conclude here. Uh, when he says, Allah says here, do the people of the towns feel secure that our punishment will not come to them while they are asleep? Or do the people feel of the towns feel that they, that they will be secure of our punishment while they are at play? He's basically saying anytime his punishment can come. And he mentioned early baltatan. And it's very important that when we read this word balta to show it, it emphasizes that it can come immediately when you least expect it. Whether you're sleeping or you're playing, Allah concludes, Are they not, do they feel safe from the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or from the design of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Those individuals that feel that they are safe from the Makra of Allah, the plan of Allah, the design of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he predestines. The only ones that feel safe in that are the ones that are losers. And what's interesting here is that Tahir Nashur, he mentions khasirun because you hear khasar for someone that is a merchant. They didn't receive what they what they put in, they didn't get out of it. So the individuals that have the su'al i'tiqad, they have the wrong understanding about life, about Allah, and they don't connect life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are the khasirun, they're the losers because their belief is not benefiting them in this life and definitely not in the next. SubhanAllah. And Umar ibn Khattab, SubhanAllah, he made a beautiful statement where, um, you know, he, with, with this khilafah, he mentioned uh, on, on, on his deathbed, Ibn Abbas came to congratulate him. He said, the people are raw ankh. They are very pleased with you. He made a beautiful statement. It's a long statement, but he said at the very end, وَدِدْتُ أَنِّي نَجَوْتُ مِنْهَا كَفَافًا he said, I wish that I would just to leave this world kufaf and just wrapped up in a garment, you know, in my in my my garment of, of leaving this world. There's nothing upon there is nothing for me or nothing against me. Thus the companions were very fearful. They didn't say I'm a companion, anni. They didn't say I'm a companion, I'm going to die and Allah's pleased with me. They were very scared. Umar ibn Khattab used to ask. Hudayfa, was I from the Munafiqeen? This is the status, status of the people we say, may Allah be pleased with them. We don't say that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that are pleased with him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with us, inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May he make us of those that take heed to this beautiful word. Inna huwa li yudhalika. Barakallahu fi. Just a powerful, <clears throat> powerful connection that I was thinking about between what you were speaking about and what we were speaking about in terms of the traits of the believers. The believers fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are in awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just when his name is mentioned. They're not even seeing anything. And these parish nations had no fear in awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even when the skies were filling with their punishment. They still couldn't see it. So the mu'minun, wajilat qulubuhum. I mean, their hearts tremble. They, they shake. There's a connection immediately inside of them with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Awe, their faith is increased. Whereas these perished peoples, these destroyed nations out of their arrogance, it shows up to them and they're still challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and saying, it's nothing but a little bit of wind. It doesn't really matter. 
you know, it's still not the truth. And that's, that's really the differentiator. And I did want to just make one more point, inshallah, then we'll kind of go around the room and just get, you know, our last thoughts. And this was very rich, mashallah. Um, you know, you mentioned the fear that Umar radiallahu anhu had. Uh, how do we know it wasn't despair? Because what did that fear do? It drove them to good works. And they have to have hope to do good works. They have to have hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them and accept them when they turn back to him. Whereas they always feared that they hadn't yet done enough. And that's why they were driven until the very last moment of their lives. The Allah Allah Allah. So that's how we know it's not despair. You know, that they were able to keep it going. So may Allah bless you. Beautiful reflections, subhanAllah, especially the Allah Allah anhum. You never, indeed, you never hear that entitlement from them. Uh, right? Allah says in the Quran that he's pleased with them, subhanAllah. So inshallah, we'll just go around the room. Everyone, just please share your last your last thought with us, inshallah, and we'll, we'll conclude for the evening. Sheikh Mustafa. Okay, so uh, last thought would be, you know, also when we were talking about the, the believers, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah, that when Allah is mentioned, and he says, When the verses are recited upon them, you look at both verbs these are majhul verbs they're passive which means that it the, the the one who's doing the action is being hidden it's just focusing on the receiver right so it doesn't matter who is reciting it doesn't matter is who is who is saying it and how they're saying it uh, and that's really important for us today because what happens is you know naturally you hear amazing recitation of the quran you know, it hits you in a different way but sometimes we get so stuck on the speaker or the style or the delivery or the presentation and the makeup they have on or, you know, whatever it may be. And we're not focusing so much on the substance. It, it shouldn't matter as much who's saying it. It's about Allah. It's not about the one who's telling you about Allah. So when Allah is being remembered, doesn't matter where it's coming from, doesn't matter what means it's happening or how it's happening. It's about Allah. Focus on the substance. Focus on the content. And that's something that we need to just remind ourselves in a, in a world where we have so many selections and we become a little bit picky. We're like, but I want to I hear the advice from, from that person. I'm not going to accept it. Or I'm not feeling it from this other person. You know, you know focusing on the content of that, inshallah, is going to help, you know, purify our hearts and make us, you know, get to the point of being the believers that we're supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful, mashallah. to all the mashaykh. Obviously, a lot more thoughts. The only thing that I, I want to share is uh, just this practical advice uh, of paying attention to the symptoms of spiritual illnesses, paying attention to when your heart is not affected by the Qur'an, you feel disconnected from it, you feel like you don't want to recite, you don't want to listen, it's not the thing you turn to, you don't find that it impacts your life, you don't find that it impacts your worldview. Uh, that this is a, take it as a symptom the same way you would if there's something you're struggling with in your body and you rush to ask the doctor or look online and Google your, you know, symptoms and try to diagnose yourself. So we already have the diagnosis. We know what it is. We know that we are in need of uh, the very thing that we are ignoring, which is uh, the Quran. So turn back to it, listen to it, be attentive with it, uh, and try to internalize the verses as you listen and to take it as a direct address for you. The same way, the same way that if anyone here has used a pressure washer, I don't know if any of the mashaykh here, you guys used them in the last few years. I know that the pressure washer sales went up during the pandemic. That's what I heard. I, I have no idea. And uh, 2020, uh, one of my family members had rented one out and I was using it at my parents' house. 
just blasting away all that stuff. It's just so satisfying, alhamdulillah. And as I was using it, you know, I was looking at the dirt being removed and I stopped as it was like a before and after type thing. And I was just shocked because sometimes we don't notice, you know, the, these things accumulating over 10, 20, 30 years. And likewise for our hearts, uh, shaitan may not come to a person and instantaneously you're, you're just completely different. You're just so far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's usually a very, very gradual thing that you may not even pay attention to or consider to be that significant. In the moment, it may seem very small that you skip the nafila, that you're no longer reading your daily word of the Qur'an, that you're no longer doing your morning supplications, that you had a habit of praying the masjid, you no longer pray in the masjid. So all these steps are really crucial to paying attention to the state of your heart. And of course, finding that the Qur'an is both a shield and a cure. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and keep us consistent with the Qur'an until our last breaths. Allahumma ameen. Shaykh Abdullah, you got any? Um... No, great, mashallah, great benefits. I mean, subhanAllah. Next time I, I use a pressure washer, I'm really going to think about my heart, inshallah. Next time. <laughs> But really, they just uh, the benefit of learning the Arabic language, Sheikh Mustafa Jazallah Khair, from Fi'l Majhul, from passive verb, he came up with that great fa'ida. Allah bless you both, mashallah. Mm -hmm. My first experience with the pressure washer, Sheikh Suleiman, was when, um, when I was a kid and my dad told me to pressure wash the driveway. And I blessed. I said, wow, this is really hard. I wonder how it would feel on my skin. And I made that mistake. And I blasted my foot and then started gushing with blood <laughs> so that's my it wasn't very satisfying the first time but now it's satisfying now it's very satisfying <laughs> but, but very beneficial Sheikh Abdullah's look no, come on Sheikh why are you giving that look no because you said the first sick. time I'm like did you do it again <laughs> no no I didn't shoot my foot again I was six years old come on Sheikh. give me okay. give me some slack man okay. by the way Abdullah's mad because I didn't tell the joke he said so I have to get it right. All right. He said, um, what's the snake's favorite subject? History. So I, I, I told it I told it wrong. Uh, hysterical. I told it wrong. So Abudi, now you're happy. Right? Hopefully that's Chef, I, I have I have a joke back for Abdullah. I just thought of this, so it may it may be really cheesy. Uh, the joke that he gave is not minor, it's not sulra, it's cobra. Cobra? No. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Factory. <laughs> it must be in the name. It must be a lameness that's shared by everyone named Sheikh Suleiman, right? It's oh, man. Oh, so in other words, it wasn't good. You and I, you and I. Whereas the Abdullah, they're funny. Maruf. We love you, brothers, for the sake of Allah. And we enjoy your company, alhamdulillah, and beautiful benefits from the Qur'an today. And we appreciated everyone that tuned in. Barakallahu feekum. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll see you all tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.